this and every episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast brought to you by People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Let's go white. I tried not to look at the, I wasn't even looking at the edition of the old school red hill podcast i am brian emmons happy to be with you as always with the same cast of characters that you know and you love mr gary emmons stationed in evansville indiana good evening guys i guess it's football season it sure is uh, indiana started last week so we're ready for week two over here illinois getting ready to go into week one on assignment in the deep recesses of south Bridgeport, Dave King. What's up, guys? Good to good to be here again. Dave, looking good. Is that a pink shirt, or is that just the color of the Zoom? This is... be a Broncos, uh, John Elway jersey. Elway. Oh, oh, so it is pink. <laughs> and last but not least, the smartest of the bunch, educator to the stars, Chip Jamerson. Thank you. Hey, it's good to see you. I was able to see 67% of you. A couple weeks ago, we'll get into that maybe just in a moment about where I saw you at. Uh, Unfortunately, Gary had a lot of family things going on that weekend. I wasn't able to see him. But, uh, yeah, good to be back for another pod. It's it's football season, so we're going to talk football tonight. Uh, Do we want to do some pre-talk, though, about... uh, Uh, Yeah, well, tell us what kind of football we're talking about. Well, we started this last year. It's a series. We did two, two editions last year. I think we're just doing one this year. Look forward to one next summer. It's the quarterback series. We did the 73 through 83 quarterbacks last year. Two two segments, five years each. Yep. So we're gonna where we left off, we're gonna do the quarterbacks from 84 to 88. I've had some people say, well, why aren't I I was a tackle? Why aren't you doing the tackle edition? Why aren't you doing the free safety edition? Just we, you're getting flooded, flooded with fan mail <laughs> asking these questions. Yes, when we announced it last week that we were going to do it, they thought sure we were switching positions this year and go back to 73 and just keep working that. I it's only one of us in here played quarterback at the varsity level or at the JV level for that matter. It's you listen to any sports commentary, it's the most important position in sports. You can argue that all you want. Probably not going to win that argument. It's, um, yeah, and it's the high-profile position. It's the one. It's hard for me to do the the right tackle of every game yeah. throughout the season. I don't have that information. Right. I'd love to talk line. We might do we, a big line episode sometime. But um, we, could, we could possibly we could possibly do a running back 
you know, running back series. We can definitely get, possibly but, get into that. Uh, unless your name's, unless your name's just, Chip Jamerson, you may not even get mentioned in the newspapers and offensive linemen. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the few. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. talk about that in a couple of weeks, maybe. I think um, we've talked about it before. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> um, so we're, we're going to continue with the quarterback series. I hope you enjoy it. It's um, It's a very prestigious room. When you're named that starting quarterback, you're in a long line of great signal callers before you, and we're going to continue with signal callers 11 through 15 tonight. Okay. That sounds like fun, and and Chip kind of alluded to it. Um, And, of course, this podcast brought to you each and every episode by People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. We, we've had one, obviously, that is usually mentioned in that list and not there anymore, and that is why we got to see each other last week. Ended the show with saying one more time, let the Gray family cook for your family today. Well, I did it twice last week, and I was, uh, A, glad to do it. Always good to go eat at Gray's, but sad that those were, those were the last times. Chip, talk about your last meal at the yeah, I actually got two visits also. Uh, they were 45 minutes apart, <laughs> but uh, I uh, went with my family for a lunch. It was uh, um, not, not a huge lunch crowd, and but the business really started picking up as my lunch went on. Um, so it, and then I met, I had a meeting with off site from Gray's with Brian and David. We had a podcast planning meeting there over in Lawrenceville we met and then they were going to Gray's along with a lot of Brian's family so we had a nice big group and I started off of course I got the two cheeseburgers pickles only the fries um at my initial lunch was this is 45 minutes later so I just got some cheeseburgers to go <laughs> so I actually have Gray's cheeseburgers in my freezer right now. Nine left from the ten. Oh, I so only one has been consumed. Still. Yes. Um, so you so haven't had your last Gray's meal yet. True. The Gray's family will continue <laughs> cooking for me for weeks to come. <laughs> the Gray family will continue cooking for well, me. Well, we had. So yeah, it was good to see you guys. It was it was very sad. I wish I would have got a picture with you guys there. Um, I did take a selfie in front of. The restaurant on my way out of town that evening um but and then just seeing some of the posts over the weekend from their this we went the weekend prior to their final weekend Garrett, brian will get into the final weekend here in a little bit and um yeah and the video grace put up where the sign the lights uh. go out man that i didn't know i knew it was gonna be emotional for me but i think it was even more emotional than i thought it was gonna be yeah um this is i mean i had Someone, he might be in this conversation right now. I'm going to paraphrase the text he sent me on Sunday morning. So this is a world without grays. They've <laughs> yeah. never experienced it. Yeah, I don't never. know if any of our listeners have ever experienced it. I don't That's know if we have true. anybody I mean, above 78. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to be 79 years old to, to know what it's and, like. Yeah, and really about 84 if you tack on to really remembering your first yeah. trip to grays. So um, this is a world without grays. I'm not sure I like it, but congratulations to Todd and Becky. They have earned it. They deserve it. And we wish them a happy retirement. Well, it was, it was nice to sit down with you guys. And then Gary texted me. He was going to make it up from Evansville on Friday. So we met him over there. And, and we had had a couple special moments there, didn't we, Mook? Yeah, I mean, walk in. The first eyes that I uh, locked in on were Coach Bill Evans. So 
pretty fitting that uh, <laughs> pretty fitting that uh, my last trip to Gray's is uh, I got to spend a few moments with Coach Evans and Kathy. We spent a lot of times in there anyway together during uh, the yeah. football years. I was coaching with them from '99 to '06. And not only was he sitting there, he was in a white. Was it a Red Hill shirt? It was a white shirt. Definitely had his white dog's hat on for sure. And it was that. white dog's hat and. It, you could it, you could have if you glanced up you it could have been you know 1989. I so mean you it felt like it was oh that's awesome that you yeah. felt like it yeah was nice. yeah so it was, it was uh, fun getting to spend some time with him briefly and uh, then TJ McClellan's standing at the bar. I mean a, a uh, guy that's been talked about on this podcast several times from his uh, just support of the city of Bridgeport and his little league coaching and you name it. So got to spend some time. Ralph Bowersock was in the house. Uh, 19, 91 grad, 1990 football season, uh, a wide receiver. Ralph and I, I was kidding at the table. We hooked up for, felt like the longest <laughs> uh, non-touchdown pass, and uh, it really wasn't. It was about, if you ask Ralph, I think I threw it 70 yards in the air, but I think it was probably about a 30-yard pass. But uh, uh, who else did we see? Uh, Rick, Rick, uh, Rick and Kim Leasty were Kim in Leasty. there. And the Akers. The, Rex and Tammy uh, Rex Akers. Rex and Tammy Akers. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on a few of the other names, but guy, David, it was just David nice Gray, to go in there. Guy we yeah, talked David about Gray retiring on the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really, really cool. I, TJ and I had some just some belly laughs telling some stories while we were waiting on our table. We, He said, do you remember the time when we went to the game down at uh, Bossy Field? And we've talked about this on the podcast when when they announced over the loudspeaker, uh, TJ McClellan report to blah, 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 because Joe Wolf was on the roof of <laughs> Bossy Field in Evansville. Uh, talked about us all piloting in the back of the truck, going to Vince's. Talked about Tommy Wells getting beaned and yeah. oh, with that line drive um, off Buddy Griggs's bat, and so yeah. I don't really, think TJ's aged like since 1983. It's, no, it's amazing. It, uh, very, very little. Um, he and so it, it was just it was great, and and um, TJ obviously just my little league coach had a lot of great times with him, and and as you know. Uh, Bill Evans is one of my favorite people in the entire world, and uh, so it was really, really good to see Coach Evans. But uh, Gray's is no more. We hate it. Todd and Becky, good luck to you. All the boys, good luck. Um, I hope everything goes fantastic for you. You provided a lot of good meals for for our town, and you were such a, a fabric. I, I sent a message to Becky the other day, and I said just thank you for everything that, that you did for the city or the town of Bridgeport. And she said she was, couldn't have been happier being, uh, being part of that and, and, and what they did. So I was hoping maybe at the last second and still maybe somebody will, will open it up and, and, uh, let's hope I, will it ever be the same? Yeah, maybe a little different, but boy, it'd sure be nice if that sign went back on one more yes, time. So, all right. Well, I tell you what, let's take a quick break and then we will be back um, very shortly. Who's got the first year? Me. Gary Emmons. 1984. All right. So we'll be right back right after this. You're looking for great Bridgeport style pizza? Then quit looking because you just found it. Griffin's Pizza House. You know where they're located right there across from the Dog Pound? They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 4 to 9. First Friday of every month, they open up for lunch. This week's specialty 
pizza of the month for August is the taco pizza. They take their great crust, then they put on some taco sauce, seasoned ground beef, cheddar, and mozzarella. It's baked, and then here comes the fun. Lettuce, tomato, sour cream, crunched up fried flour tortillas. Woo! You can get it at a 10-inch, $11.79, or a 14-inch for $18.79. Dine-in, carry-out, or delivery. Call 945-FOOD. That is Griffin's Pizza House. One thing you should look for in a bank is one that invests in the community and People State Bank does just that. Ever since they first opened their doors in Lawrence County, they have served the credit and investment needs in this area. The money that's deposited with People State Bank is reinvested locally in the form of loans to area families, agriculture, and business. Not only that, how many times do they support the community? 4-H projects, multiple sporting events, they are there for you. Plus, you know the convenient locations, St. Francisville, Lawrenceville, Bridgeport, Sumner, they are there for you when you need them. So when you're looking for a bank that cares about you, think of People's State Bank. All right, we're going to lead off with 1984. Uh, we're going to uh, start off with that year. Of course, I think I ended 1983. Uh, oh, that's right, a, yeah. With 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 the that season of Sean Grismer, that season I think this is Coach Evans' second year, correct? Or eighty two was his first year. Eighty two would have been his first year. All right, so his his third season, he's got a assistant coaches Roy Dillard and Denny McGee this year. Now we're returning some some key players for this season eighty four. Of course, we're going to talk about the quarterback, six foot five Sean Grismer. I, I posted a picture on the on the old school page the other day and. He's like a foot taller than his uh, offensive guard and one of the linebackers, uh, Todd Polk and Art Harvey. Just, just you know, just a massive guy. And coming off, uh, he was an All NEC quarterback, which for a Red Hole quarterback, I think it was probably Sean. Uh, you know, you had uh, Billy Gray, of course, was in that. But it's hard in the NEC to make, yeah, a first team All Conference. It's yeah. really and, difficult to and, do that. And, and Sean and, at whatever, what is he six five? Well, he, yeah, yeah. God, he he just looked. Like a, I mean, he looked like an NFL quarterback. You know, he just had that size and 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 uh, no question about it. And still, probably, if you look back at his stats, and we'll get into that, probably one of the the most prolific seasons as a quarterback. Um, Red Hill's not necessarily known for throwing the ball a lot. Mick Gray, of course, of Gray's fame, but Mick Gray threw it a lot, and Billy had a thousand yard season, and Brady Decker, and there's other guys that have uh, have thrown for a lot of yards, but. I just knew that when I started going through that season, I was amazed at some of these games of two and three hundred yard passing that he had. So he was returning. Well, let me get the stats for the previous year. Previous year, Sean was eighty nine for two hundred, so you know a little less than fifty, but fifty percent. But but threw for fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Yeah, wow. Did, did throw seventeen picks, but you know he threw the ball all over the place. And he had returning um, uh, Tony Worth coming back as tight end. He had Pat Seed. He had Brett Atkins. Um, so he had some uh, sophomore Shannon Grismer was in that lineup. So he had guys to throw it to, but who did he lose? And this may be a little foreshadowing for what we're going to be talking about uh, here in a moment. Lost three offensive linemen from that from that season. He lost Jerry Worth. He lost Shane Creators, and he lost Todd Bushy. Yeah. 
So, you know, he lost uh, – you, t- you talk about uh, starting offensive linemen. You lost you lost at least three of those guys that started in the first game of that previous year. So it was a tough year, and it was nothing I think anybody anticipated. And it was uh, – you start going through these games, and what coming off what? A five-and-four season the year before, too. So had a really good season, had a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement going for football for the first time in – well, maybe forever for Red Hill football, but a yeah. uh, very exciting year that year and had some, you know, had thoughts of hopefully finishing over 500 again for that year. Unfortunately, fell a little short, finished four and five of that year. And Sean didn't have any season like you. I know Brian mentioned maybe there were some uh, health issues that year for Sean. Yeah, I think he was having some – I'm going by my memory alone here, but I think he was starting to have some back problems and, and was a little banged up, if I remember right, that season because that would have been, what, my sophomore year in school. Yeah. And looking at some of the some of the games and some of the stats, sophomore Hype Baldwin played played in few games and threw the ball in these games, so it wasn't necessarily just like a blowout garbage time. Uh, and we were competitive in a lot of these games that year, with the exception of Salem and Mount Carmel. Uh, th- those were two two tough ones. But you know, going through some of the stats, we weren't throwing the ball. The first uh, first game was Fairfield, an eighteen to three win. Felt really good coming out of that. He only threw the ball eight times. Only through for twenty yards, and then that just kind of stayed stayed true throughout the throughout the season. Uh, we started throwing a little bit more at the end, um, uh, and Coach Evans, after the uh, the loss to uh, Carmi, which put us at one and three, said he's about to make some wholesale changes here because the offense, the defense is playing pretty pretty good. The offense isn't isn't living up, so he was looking at making some changes there. The quarterback was not one of them necessarily, uh, but going through the year, you know, he uh, get getting to Edwards County, the homecoming game, seven to sixteen for seventy six yards. The next week against Olney, only completed five passes, but that was for one hundred and forty one yards. Uh, Brett Atkins, uh, two catches for sixty five. Worth had a catch for fifty four yards, so a couple couple long ones and. Then two of the last three games threw, threw for over 70 yards and threw only uh, first touchdown of the year was in the last game after throwing for 12 touchdowns the previous year, only threw, only threw one touchdown for that year. So just a, a, probably a disappointing year, even though we won four games, went four and five years. So, you know, in the NEC again, somewhat yeah. respectable. Finished the year 39 for 112 for only 466 yards and a touchdown. So compared to the year before, man, that's just a disappointing year. And like maybe the what could have been with some pretty good skill players coming back for that particular particular year. Um, uh, so a bit disappointing. Amazing junior year. That one will go down in, uh, in history as one of the best uh, quarterback years Red Hill has ever had. Uh, just a bit of a disappointing year uh, in, in 1984. And I know we talked about this not too long ago. I was looking at music and stuff for that particular, and I just looked at the countdown for September. <laughs> I think it was twenty ninth or thirty. It was ridiculous. the same thing. It's like just one great uh, song after great another. hit after. Uh, Let's go crazy. I think John Waite missing you is in that. I yeah. mean, just oh man, what's just, love got to do with it? Yes, but anyway, I think that's. Uh, I don't. I think that's going to wrap up eighty four for oh. me. If you're looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents, and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618 945 
2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. All right. 85, I believe, is Charles Lynn Jamerson Jr. Yes, 1985. I'm in the seventh grade and I'm loving life at Red Hill Junior High. I'm playing junior pro football myself for Cubby Wagner and Daryl Thacker. We wouldn't have it before you before you go. I'm glad I put that that picture that Mike posted on there and I put it on that picture of you and Brandon is such a cool picture back down there at Fairfield. And uh, I I just love that picture. I love those uniforms. I can still feel. I don't know what Mm -hmm. material that even was. They're thick. It's like waxy. (laughs) I don't know how to describe (laughs) it. But just great uniforms. The baby blue, almost like the Houston Oilers colors is what those were back then. But I, I love that picture. I'm glad Mike posted that. I was glad to. Yeah, um, yeah he definitely had an eye for photography. That was, just, I mean, that's like, that's just a great picture. I mean, it's just awesome. The field um, couldn't have looked any more cruddy, and there's like those waxy <laughs> Pepsi uh, little glasses, like they just strewn, strewn all over the side. I used to love when yeah. you'd drink out of those wax cups, and once in a while you'd get a flake of wax on your finger. Yeah, I love, the, love those flakes. <laughs> and, and I, and yeah, that music at that time, I don't have the exact top 10 in front of me, but I know during that time, Money for Nothing was a huge hit. I love. I mean, David mentions it might be the worst song on the album, but it's a great song. That's 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 no knock against that song. Brothers in Arms, (laughs) that's the name of the album. So, um, great. I've always liked that. One of my all-time favorites, Take on Me, was a huge hit during September and October. Uh, Saint almost fire. Uh, The Eighty-five, I contend, might have been the greatest year ever for music in eighty-four, which Gary talked about is right up there with it. And then in eighty-six, it wasn't bad itself. You go about any year in the. I used to say eighty-six was the greatest, and then we like listen to those. Like then you got eighty-four, and you're like, God dang, eighty-four. So like eighty-four, eighty-five, eighty-six, it's like Uh, a golden age. That's the best three-year span, right there. Oh man, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and well. And also during that time, it's season two of the Cosby show is starting up during the football season there. Wow. It's Michael J. Fox's world in 1985. He has the number in the Nielsen ratings in September. He had the number two show in Family Ties, only behind the Cosby show. And the number one movie, I'm guessing. He had the number one movie (laughs) in Back to the Future. It's been number one for weeks. And the number two movie in Teen Wolf. So he had the top (laughs) two movies at the box office. Um David St. Louis Cardinals are on to winning a pennant and losing in a contra- most controversial call in World Series history um, nah, in so Game smart. 6 against Kansas City. No oh, mad about that one. Oh, man. Our Cubs <laughs> completely collect- head off to an amazing start that you're looking to repeat in the NL East and then the ultimate June swoon, and they were out of it in by July, but a great Cubs team at um, – didn't do anything. Yeah. 85 Cardinals are easily my, my favorite baseball team of all time. It's not even not even close. But while all this is yeah. going on, George Height Baldwin III is mm. taking the reins as the next Red Hill quarterback. And he gets a whole segment de- dedicated to him because he took a – if he didn't take every snap that year, uh, they weren't reported that anybody else did. This is his show. Yep. He's a junior. He's six foot one sixty five. He's got the pedigree. His father was an outstanding football player at Bridgeport Township High School. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's. I think maybe a running back. I think I was he was. Running, yeah. re, reading some articles one day. Um, he's been groomed for this position for years, and this is his year to take over. I did. I 
one of the papers reported that he did start a game maybe a sophomore year or played a lot played a lot in it but so he doesn't he has very little experience he was the fresh soft signal caller the year before so he does have that experience but that's kind of a theme of this team it's a very inexperienced team with a brand new quarterback coming off two really good seasons i mean eight uh nine wins and nine and nine over a two-year span uh, you hadn't seen that at red hills so that um a, a lot to replace thank goodness coach evans and Hyatt and whoever went down the hallways and recruited guys like jeff mckinney and brian emmons and bobby bowser to come out for the team who didn't play their freshman sophomore years because we need these guys because uh we have a lot of young kids a lot of freshmen well and i can't speak for mckinney and bowser but i know emmons made a huge difference Yeah. He did, and we'll talk about that. I'm getting into some running back. There's some running back stats. In oh here. yeah, and, uh, and on the defensive, in a 61 yard interception, we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. Didn't return all the way. Took it down about the 15, I think. Ran but. out of gas. <laughs> so um, here's Coach Evans's preseason quote: "Height doesn't have much experience under his belt, but he's going to have to take command and show some leadership on the field, or at least he'd better." Because the Ooh. first thing you can see in a quarterback <laughs> is his leadership abilities. So a uh, challenge to Hype Baldwin that he is going to have to step up and be the leader. It's his team now. Uh, John Sapini, who ended up writing for the Springfield State Journal Register. Uh, I, he was the, on the Illini beat when I lived up in Springfield. Oh, wow. but he is a Lawrence County native. And he was writing <laughs> for the Sun Commercial back then. Um, really? Yeah. And he's back in Lawrenceville now. He is a... He wrote a nice preseason article, and I like this part. Uh, this was like a column, so this wasn't really like an art. So this is more of an opinion piece. Um, Evans hopes the sideline ghouls. So you're everybody at Red, picture your sideline ghouls in your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he hopes them. the side. <laughs> he hopes the sideline ghouls give his young quarterback a chance. Golly, he, that's rough. He's emerged as the number one <laughs> quarterback. After veteran Sean Grismer's graduation, we're not going to name names, but who was the, who was the first ghoul that came to your head? Oh, well, I'm not naming names, but we, uh, I, got I got a couple of ghouls in my head. <laughs> um, now we we have to replace that 85 class. So the kids that played in 84 graduated 85. That was a good football class. Uh, you have to replace a lot from that team. Yeah, and we've got bad news in the preseason. His brother was having back problems last year, and now one of our expected to be maybe our best player on the field, or one of them, has broken his leg in the preseason. Mm. Shannon Grismer is out for the entire season. How'd that so, happen? Do you remember? Do we know? It was, was it during football? Oh yeah, it was uh, during practice. I, I I I remember it was in the north north end zone, um, near the north end zone. I couldn't tell you exactly exactly what happened but i remember when i saw it happen the blood went out of my head because i knew that any chance we had of having a good year probably just went down the toilet well i mean i wouldn't say now so now they're looking to maybe the new player brian emmons they're mentioning the preseason article could get some could get some (laughs) play in the backfield you Um, talk about a step down (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Mike Kress is back at fullback. You've got him. Uh, Tony Worth returns after a big – he's a four-year – he's going to be a four-year letter winner. 
So, and you'll hear a lot. I'm, I got a few stats. His name's going to come up a lot. So, uh, of course, Mount Carmel, Salem, Alney, Florida, they were considered to be the top of the conference. And then after that, and Coach Evans says basically two divisions. You got the A division and you got the B division, and we're in the B division of the NEC. And, um, yeah, there was – I always loved the NEC, but when you go through some of these seasons and – you see where your wins were against like Edwards County and Oblong. You can see why there was clamoring that we needed to be in a different conference, starting way back even before 1985. Oh, as we've yeah, seen through here. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed the NEC ended, but you could definitely, it's hard to argue reasons um, against it. So let me go through a little bit here on the season. We, uh, it, I'll just go ahead and tell you it was a two and seven season, and it went the way I said we were, uh, we didn't win a game in the NEC. And uh, we won our two non-conference matchups against Oblong and against Edwards County. Um, Fairfield was probably Fairfield, Lawrenceville, and us were probably considered the bottom of the conference. And losing thirteen to zero to start the season against Fairfield was a disappointment. We'd beaten the last few years in a row. Fairfield was huge. I mean, that was a big win for them because they weren't very winning very many football games back then. So to start off with one and zero for them was huge. Uh, Baldwin went five for nine. INT threw for 56 yards. I think you'll see as the season goes on, his numbers improve. He really grew as a quarterback as much as anybody I've seen in any of these preview or any of these quarterback podcasts we've done really um, was a factor by the end of the season. But some meager numbers to start off the season. Um, Let's see here. Hey, while you're not, looking not that even. up, Gary, I, I want to bring you in real quick. Speaking of height, because it'd be a good time. You got a nice message, or my mom got a nice message that that she told you about um, this week from from Heights Aunt uh, Kathy Wagner. Yeah, she uh, basically just is a new listener. I think she said she's gotten up to October of 2020, and uh, and just how much how much fun it is to listen to us have so much fun. Uh, as we did do the podcast so yeah thanks for listening yeah, thank I'm, you i'm glad we got got i'm glad we got someone that's starting from the beginning and just working their way to yeah, the, to way the current day yeah. yeah that's cool so anyway we talk about uh, height i wanted to mention that yeah well I'm, I'm sure she'll enjoy this podcast when she gets there whenever that is somewhere so in 2025 <laughs> <laughs> um so a uh, height did he ran the ball four times for negative 27 yards but we know our stats the way they're always part of those that means he got sacked a lot is what that yeah. means oh yeah um so um brian emmons 12 rushes for 22 yards <laughs> so they have put him in the solid field. solid two yards a carry <laughs> yeah, almost yeah a little less than two yeah i said almost <laughs> um week two, only eight? <laughs> of course we play salem uh lost 55 nothing they are the favorites and coach evans said afterwards uh they were predicted as the favorites and there's no doubt in his mind they are the favorites after that game um they did have to go to eight minute quarters i know this isn't the 80 eventually we'll go deeper into these games in one of the school year podcasts but they did have to go to eight minute quarters in the second half just because red hill's young and they're banged up it's not something coach evans ever wanted to do and ever wants to do again but he felt it was the right thing at that time. We didn't have the running clock. Yeah, right. many years before that. Yeah, yeah and nowadays the half would be over like that because the two 12-minute quarters would fly by, but uh, okay. these would be full 12-minute quarters. If, so made that move. A little bit of a youth movement or maybe just garbage time. Uh, but freshman Mark Ambrose led the team in rushing with 13 yards. 
Um, cool. That game, but I'm hey, assuming they were late in the game because li- we didn't know at that time that Mark Ambrose was going to be Mark Ambrose at that time. I didn't talk, but one other note I had here, the quarterback room, as I said, this is Height's job. It's a young quarterback room. It's not like there's a senior ahead of him that's ready to step in if needed. Um, it was freshman Clifford York, sophomore James Perrin, and freshman Jimmy Worth. That was the, your quarterback room. So who was the last one? Uh, Jim Worth was well, okay. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> so um, we have a young. So it, it's Heights' job. And as I, as far as I know, he took every single snap that season. Some of those other names I mentioned, maybe they'll get mentioned in a few years here. Um, uh, Baldwin, that's who we really care about here. Five for 10, 62 yards, an interception. Um, it said tight end Jimmy Worth cut three passes for 40 yards, but I'm assuming that meant to be Tony. they meant to type Tony Worth yeah. on that one. Uh, Mattle, one for 19, one catch for 19. He had one catch for um, 36. So he's like, you got one big play with Bobby Mattle every game. You got Happy birthday, I think, to Bobby Mattle today. Oh. I believe I saw on Facebook. That's good. Happy, yeah. Um, Happy is forty second birthday, Bobby Mattel, yes. who's in my class. Um, week three, you know where we who we're playing week three. I think let's see, eighty five. This will be a home game. Uh, we're playing the Mount Carmel Golden Aces, of course, fifty five seven loss. Um, Baldwin twelve for twenty six, two ints, one hundred twenty six yards. So you're seeing those numbers go up. Yeah, a uh, Jerome. Jerome Thacker, four catches, a sophomore for 46 yards, was our leading receiver that night. Uh, Evan said most of the passing was out of the shotgun. He thought Heights showed a little more patience. And in some of those preseason articles, that was a word. Heights got to be patient, patient, patient. He's been preaching this since the first yeah, practice. Right. And we're seeing it now. Um, Coach had some words for, um, not bad words, I guess. Uh, Larry Lockhart, after the game, spoke to him in the post-game handshake and told him, his pass rush is there, but his coverage is weak. So oh, okay. a little um, information for Larry Lockhart to build on throughout the rest of the year. They needs to improve his coverage. Good luck. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Of course, we're, so we're 0-3, rough start, and it's a rough start. To the, I mean, Fairfield was tough. good yeah. And um, as it would be for many years, we're playing Carmine. I think Carmine's got a decent team this year. A uh, little bit about height. Going into the Carmine game, he's learning. He's been very impatient. That's our key word. But he's maturing game by game. And I'm seeing it just in the stats. You must be a leader. Height needs to take control. We'll take whatever they give us. I expect some kind of eight-man front against us and the pressure on the passer. So, and then we lost. So, that was kind of the pregame words. We lost 47 nothing. Coach was just... Very disappointing the effort and and refused to do post game. He did not uh, appear for the post game press conference. Uh, he had Denny, assistant coach Denny McGee uh, take the questions after the game. Just a uh, very disappointing. Baldwin five for 10, 50 percent, fifty eight yards. Uh, yeah. Worth three catches for forty nine yards, but they were all in the first half, and he wasn't even targeted in the second half. I mean, they complete coach Just Denny Anderton. Uh, made those halftime adjustments where Worth wasn't even open. So um, McGee said we couldn't even get the ball to the other receivers. They just went to the closet and hid. Um, So through four games, Hype Baldwin, 27 for 55, thrown for 301 yards, no touchdowns yet, and three INTs. But that is all about to change. Going into homecoming week, uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of our old homecoming episodes, we did talk about this 85 homecoming in depth. 
a couple years ago. So you can go listen. Yes. And we'll do a homecoming episode probably in October sometime. So week five, we're playing Edwards County. We're coming in 0-4. Uh, but we did get a win here, a 20 to 12 win to move Woo-hoo. to one and four. Gotta feel good on homecoming, going to that eleven o'clock dance. Yeah. That first win of the year. <laughs> um bald one three. That joke will never get old. No, no it won't. <laughs> um and it's not really a joke. I mean it's the truth. It's, 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 it's the absolute truth. I guess that observation will never get old. Um Baldwin. In the end zone, but with his feet, a three-yard TD run to open the score. And he kicked the extra point. Um, another, and then a two-yard Baldwin run to give the Salukis uh, eventually a 20-6 to lead. His passing numbers, nice. 12 of 19, two INTs for 135 yards. Uh, Piercy, Dan Piercy, three catches for 44. Wow. Tony Worth, three for 35. Uh, Bob Bowser gets his name in the box score. One catch for seven yards. Evans, Evans mentioned the balanced attack. We just took what Edwards County was giving us. So he, he asked the kids. Now he's asked you guys, Brian, every game, five weeks in a row. Yep. What do we need to do at halftime to, to write the ship for the previous four weeks? You guys sat there in silence. It was crickets. Well, I didn't know what to say. But now, for the first time, you guys spoke up at halftime, and look what happened. We got our first W. Uh, coach said the homecoming crowd really got behind the team, but he didn't. But this was a game he we never like felt really comfortable. We had this one. It was a twenty to twelve win, um, and he could even sense it from the crowd. They didn't think we could hold on. That's <laughs> the ghouls. The all, yeah. yeah, the ghouls were out. They could feel it slipping away, but uh, Red Hill held on. And we're, as we said, off to the dance. Think about how many players on that team were getting their first ever football win. I mean, there was a lot of new players or, or, yeah. or a varsity win for sure. Well, yeah, and a lot of these guys would go on to go nine and two three years yeah. later. They're, this is their first. Everybody talks about their nine wins their senior year, but this was the first one and the first one. Well, I, I mean, I was talking about like the upperclassmen, right. me, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, of us guys that had never played before. So we finally right. found out what it was like to win a football game. Had to be an awesome feeling. Week six, as usual, it's Olney. And what do I always say when we play Olney? They're always good and we always play them tough. And it was no difference. We're, we haven't won to get, we're 0-4 in the conference. Olney comes in 5-0 and on the season. Um, I usually say we play them tough. And we did again. Oh, darn. I is this the one? 5-0, and oh, Olney Tigers just beat us 21-6. to six. Is this at Olney or is this the home? Uh, so this is odd year. This would be at Olney, I think, because it seems okay. like yes, eight that's correct. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember going into the locker room of that halftime, and well, I think we were only down 6 nothing, maybe. And Brian, it, you were up 6 nothing. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. against the undefeated only Tigers. Wow. It was a Baldwin to Maddle TD for nine yards was your first half scoring. Um, Evan says the best all-around game we played. We were well-prepared, and we hadn't scouted well. Uh, so 21-6, to six, I just don't know what it is with only, but we just all – there's been a couple where we didn't, obviously. But for the most part, we play them tough every time we do one of these. Of course, after all, he's always Flora. Uh, Flora comes in with the big arm, considered one of the best in the conference. And uh, Tim Locum, known for his basketball. Um, I had, I had but, kind of forgotten about him playing football until I was reading these articles. A fine quarterback. Um, 
the uh, highlight of this 36 to 18 loss was a little razzle dazzle, as the paper Ooh. called it, by the old ball coach. And Urban's razzle dazzle, you, you you surely kids. So. <laughs> so uh here here's what we were we did. Uh eight yard pass from Baldwin to Maddle. Maddle then pitches to Tony Worth, who scampered <laughs> 10 yards to make the score 17 to 6 at half. Um we would cut to hook and ladder. Yes, yeah. we would cut it to 17-12 um on a Baldwin 40-yard fumble recovery. So um, third early third quarter, 17 to 12, but then it ended up 36 to 18. But another highlight in that half, we only we scored one more touchdown. This is the one where, or not the one I was talking, not the one I seen, but a 14-yard touchdown, his first ever varsity touchdown. You gotta remember this moment. I mean, not many people get to score a varsity touchdown. Brian, you're a junior. It's the seventh game of your career. You've just scored on a 14-yard TD run. Do you remember this moment? I I do, actually, because I just remember breaking through the line, and I don't know where the hell everybody went. They were gone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just nothing real estate between me and the end zone. But I I do remember breaking through that line and thinking, where the hell did everybody go? Yeah. So, yeah. And which yeah, is I mean, a, which is a good thing with my speed. I needed some room. <laughs> yeah, and that cut the lead to thirty eighteen. So it was a huge touchdown. It wasn't like it was a touchdown at the end of the game. It didn't really mean anything. I mean, now it's a ball game again. But that would be the end of our score. And then the floor would score one more time. Uh, Emmons would lead the team with thirty six yards on five carries. A Baldwin's numbers eight for twenty two, fifty two yards. Um, worth three catches for twenty eight. Tony Worth was our leading receiver. Brian Emmons, one catch for negative four yards. Ouch. Oh, man. Um, Week eight, so we're sitting at one and six right now. Um, Oblong Panthers, a big win. (laughs) Oblong comes in with zero wins. (laughs) This is one of those times where we did dominate Oblong like we thought we would, 41 to 12. The paper called it. The aerial magic of Hype Baldwin. Oh, I whoa. said he's coming into his own game of the year. 15 for 24, 195 yards. Dang. Ron Welsh, the legendary Oblong coach, said they threw more than we thought they would. And he's a better passer than I anticipated. So people are taking notice of this quarterback that's developing here. What a game by Tony Worth. Eight catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. Big game. Brian Emmons on the ground, 10 rushes for 61 yards. That average is skyrocketing. <laughs> Mike Kress came out of the backfield and caught a couple passes for 26 yards. Uh, the Piercy 21-yard touchdown catch was on a broken play. Baldwin threw it up in the end zone. It was up for grabs. Well, we've got Dan Piercy. You don't. When the ball's up for grabs, <laughs> Piercy's the one coming down with it. Big Danny um, went up to get it. And uh, we got down to that. Uh, Emmons and Cress had long runs to get us down in the red zone. Um, well, near the red zone to the 21-yard line to set that up. Uh, Baldwin scored on a 38-yard option TD where he kept it. He ran it on a 15-yard option TD later in the game. That was set up by the Brian Emmons 61-yard interception return into Oblong territory. <laughs> um, How Baldwin to Worth for a five-yard pass. Evans said... Um, he was Evans wasn't happy at all after the 41 12 win. He said, If we played a better team, we may have eaten our lunch. <laughs> was the quote <laughs> the game? So, um, wasn't impressed. I mean, I, eight catches for 145 yards, 61 yard interception return. 
the damn piercing touchdown catch. Yeah. I'm impressed with the effort. Um, yeah. But there must have been more to it that we didn't see if we weren't there. I think I was there. I think it might have been a home game, but I was probably off playing football in the field. Um, I don't know, seventh grade is more. I don't know if I still did that in seventh grade or not. Um, and then, of course, we got week nine. We've been here before, guys. We're talking conference record. We've got the 0-6 Red Hill Salukis and the 0-6 Lawrenceville Indians. Uh, both te- uh, Lawrenceville does have one non-con win. Their first game of the season against Robinson. Um, Red Hill's got, the, of course, the two non-con wins I've talked about. A little pregame primer for you. Baldwin comes into the game 70 for 144 in the season. Um, Worth, Tony Worth is the number two receiver in the NEC. 25 catches for oh, 256 wow. yards. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Re- Clarence Reedy over at Lawrence will point out that Red Hill does have the better passing attack. Um, but they have just recently played floor and they feel like if they can handle Tim Locum, that they can have some success. I mean, they didn't beat Flora, but they, he felt like they played them well. Um, Evans is expecting Worth to get double teamed this game, so somebody else got to step up. Um, Reedy says we welcome the passing attack because um, teams have run over us all season. So with please pass as much as you want because teams are just completely steamrolling them week after week. Um, and the key for Lawrenceville is to get to height, get some sacks, force them into long situations. I don't even remember Lawrenceville uh, being that bad. And um, as Evan said, there's no secrets now. We know what the other is going to do. It's week nine. There's no secrets out yeah. there. Reedy claims he has some tricks up his sleeve. Mm. But he assumes Evans will also. So even though they know each each other, there's some tricks. Um, it was a close game, and Red, Red Hill did lose that game 13-9. to nine. Mm. Um Baldwin, 28-yard field goal, our place kicker. Um, we got down 13-3. to three. We had a Baldwin to Worth TD late. They get two minutes to go to make it 13-9. Missed it. We went for two on that. Um, didn't convert the two-point conversion. And then Baldwin in 11 for 2,311 yards. Uh, Brino, eight rushes for 11 yards. So Evans remarks, we didn't execute offensively. Poor effort. We let the fans down. But more importantly, we let themselves they let themselves down. Give Lawrenceville credit, though. Good effort from them. And he said it's gonna make for a long offseason. Losing that last game to your county yeah. rival, it makes for a long winter. What was the uh, final score? 13-9. Nine. Uh, yeah. Um big October for Hype Baldwin as I finish up here. He was recognized as a candidate for October male athlete of the month in the area. He lost to CJ Carey from South Knox, I think. Um and he was also named the all-area team as a defensive back. So, good junior season for Height. I know Brian's going to have 86. Height should be back as quarterback next year. Yeah, so, yeah. we're going to get to 1986, and let's see what happens with a year under his belt. Yep. Uh, we're looking forward to this season with Height coming back. But before we do that, we just want to mention that our sponsors on this podcast are Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and of course, People's State Bank. So here we go into that 1986 football season. We're looking ahead. We think we can be competitive. We're going to have Shannon back at running back. Height's going to return 
at quarterback. You've got Lineman and Neil Heath. You've got Jerome Thacker has matured physically. Shane Pimbleton is now coming into his own, replacing our big hitter, Tony Wirth. You've got myself, Bowser, McKinney, these guys that have uh, – have, have got a year under their belt now, a little bit of experience. You've got Kevin Tucker, who kind of did a little bit of everything for this team. Chris Sager's out. We're looking forward to a good year. I was walking down Church Street. I think, I don't know if I was uh, had been at the high school or maybe I was playing ball at Seed School or something, heading down to my grandma's, and I remember a car pulled up next to me. I was right in front of uh, uh, Mary Kurtz's house. Okay. Car pulls up, and who is it? Then none other than someone we talked about just a few minutes ago. Kathy Wagner pulls up next to okay. me, and her window comes down, and she says, hey, what do you think about the news? And I said, I don't know what news you're talking about. She said, Heights going to Mount Carmel. Whoa. So that's how I found out my best friend was, uh, 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 along with Neil and my best friends, but uh, I've been known Heights since we were in the first, second grade. So that's how I found out, and uh, just like when Shannon's uh, ankle got broken the year before, you can just see things going downhill. So, um, so he's off to Mount Carmel, and you know, listen, from a football standpoint, I'm not going to argue they went to the state finals and they lost, but um, he had some monster games and was part of some massive football games and some great atmosphere, and you know, so. The decision is is it, at the time. I'm going to say there was a lot of people in the Red Hill locker room that weren't thrilled with the decision. Um, but from a pure football standpoint, you know, I'm not going to cast stones. He did what he had, what he what he thought he should do, and 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 played in some really really big football games. So where well, do we? Was, t- hold on, were there rumors? Like, did anybody had? Was this going around? Did anybody talked about that at all? I I can honestly tell you, I hadn't heard a word. I had not. Uh, when yeah. she, when Kathy pulled up next to me and told me that was the first word that I had heard, and and I, you know, listen, I'm gonna be honest. That had to just, it hurt. I mean, <laughs> it that hurt take a, the wind out. It hurt. Yeah. a lot on not only as a football player because I was barely a football player. Um, it hurt on a lot of different levels, but um, yeah. You know, it is what it is. And um, so then we got to look where to turn. Um, So as we start practice, Coach Evans told me to be, you know, to I'm going to get a look. Bobby Bowser was going to get a look. Now, again, we're talking about two guys that hadn't played football their freshman, sophomore year, played receiver or running back, you know, as we did. So we go into the season and, and, you know, we did okay and, and, and it, it mentions in the preseason article that that uh, that Bowser and myself would be the would be the backups. Um, I don't believe I ever took a snap. Bobby may have taken a few here and there, but um, Coach Evans makes the right decision from a football standpoint for the future. And as it turned out, was a really good decision. He put sophomore Clifford York under center. And uh, that was just uh, that was the absolute right move because Clifford would go on to play in some really big football games, and and I, I would like to think that the maturity and, and experience that he gained in this '86 season led to to some of that. So we go through preseason, and of course we're going to start with Fairfield on September 5th, 1986, and and uh, it went just much like it did the year before. Um, Fairfield beats us 29 to 13. 
Uh, Clifford didn't have a bad have a bad game as a, as a youngster starting first, and, and Bill's quote was very short and to the point, said York did a decent job. He was 5 of 17, 71 yards in his debut, threw t- two touchdowns, a 30-yarder to Bobby Bowser, 31-yarder to myself. So got a little bit of experience, got some passing success under, under his wing, even though we lost. Of course, we go to uh, game two. We're going to Salem. Um, or actually we're home against Salem and that was a, you know, a daunting task without a doubt, but Salem beats us seven to nothing that night. And, and we talked about this, I believe in the 86, 87 episode, I think that this was, uh, one of those games where, where Shannon, Shannon had a fantastic game, um, running the football. I was going to look up his stats here. He was uh, he had 41 yards. Jerome Thacker had 38 yards. Mark Ambrose got in on a little bit for a couple carries, but passing wise, uh, Clifford was five of 19 for 21 yards. Did throw three interceptions. Um, Stacy Moore actually got. I don't know if he had a if it was a, a halfback gadget play or if, if he got under center for a play, but um, he went 0 for one. But Clifford went, like I say, 5 of 19, 21 yards, three interceptions. Um, we spread the the receiving around amongst a bunch of people with not many yards. But our defense played really, really well and kept us in that football game, and, and we had a chance to win. And if I, I remember right, I think Shannon had a long run that got called back um, on, a, on a penalty that would have tied it or put us down 7-6. But we lose that, and I remember, I think I told this story too, Jeff Lynn comes in the locker room after the game and says that he had listened on the radio and Fairfield was about to beat Mount Carmel. So wow, that got a, a another big cheer out of the locker room. Uh, <laughs> Mount Carmel yeah, did definitely. hit, I believe, a... a uh, uh, a long pass to Hot Dog Dardine to score late f- to give them that win. So, okay. so we head down to Mount Carmel with a with a with a young quarterback, a still fairly inexperienced team, and we just absolutely got drubbed. Uh, it was ninety ninety some degrees. Um, Here's what it said in the paper, Aces, Drub, Slukies. The combination was overwhelming. Mount Carmel was not happy about almost losing to Fairfield last week, which would have put them at 0-2 on the season. Red Hill was facing a traditionally powerful Golden Aces team one week after uh, a game against Salem. The hosts were very ready for the game as it was their homecoming. It was 94 degrees at kickoff, and every single thing was stacked against us. If you want to go back, and I believe it was probably the 86-87 school year that I told the story when I nearly died at halftime of this game (laughs) by Mm -hmm. trampling by the Mount Carmel Band. (laughs) So enough of that one, but let's go to week four. Uh, Carmi came out, and they threw the ball a lot more than what we, we thought they would. And Rob Gaddy, their great basketball player, completed 17 uh, passes for 121 yards. We lose that one 28 to nothing. 
Um, Clifford in this game, he did rush for, looks like, nine yards. He was 7 of 21 passing for 34 yards, no interceptions. So he's throwing the ball a little bit. They're, you know, Bill's trying to kind of ease him into the offense, let him get used to, to being the leader out there. And, and one thing I do remember is, is Clifford was gaining confidence, and, and it would come to fruition um, on October 3rd. Um, the day after my 18th birthday, week five, it's our homecoming, and we get all over Edwards County 41 to nothing. Uh, Clifford was four of 17 passing, has his first 100-yard passing game, Dang. threw for two touchdowns and uh, one interception. So you can see him starting to gain gain uh, confidence, and, and he, he did hit Jerome Thacker on three passes for 72 yards which i'm guessing those are were uh were screen passes i'm i'm, I'm thinking and then he did hit, hit bobby maddle on one pass for 44 yards so bobby was able to burn him deep so we get our first win clifford gets his first win as a quarterback then we go to Olney and Chip. What do you always say about Olney? We always play Olney tough. It doesn't matter how good they are. We always play them tough. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> as they beat us thirty-five to nothing, we were never in this football game. Yeah. Uh, Clifford again. He's going to have trouble passing all year with with uh, not much time back there. Through a couple interceptions, he was one of twelve for for thirty yards. Um, there was a a uh, I was going to try to find the receiving here. Uh, Shane Pimbleton caught that pass. He had one catch for thirty yards. So Pimbleton gets in on the act offensively, which he didn't do a whole bunch. Week seven, that's October seventeenth. We get beat by Flora thirty four seven, and again, so that's a couple games in a row that we were never never really in. Uh, you can see the the future of Red Hill starting to take more and more. Uh, control of, of the offense. Mark Ambrose starting to run a little bit more. Clifford was 3 of 11 for 31 yards and an interception in this one. Um, and then week 8, we go to the King Bowl. We play Oblong and got a 14 to 8 <laughs> overtime win. And yes, we beat Oblong. This was a really, I can remember how fun it was to play in this game. It was close. Thank goodness we won. Um, but it was the field was nearly flooded. It was it was absolutely a sloppy mess from rain. Uh, so Clifford only went one of eight passing with an interception, and uh, he did rush for eight yards. Um, and I, I'm actually kind of surprised we passed the ball eight times because I remember just how wet that field was, and there was even I remember people yelling from the sidelines that that there was possibly that Oblong flooded the field on purpose. But, I remember hearing that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, interestingly, though, Oblong had eight fumbles in that game uh, in a really sloppy game. So we go into week nine uh, against Lawrenceville. It was like you said, it was 13 to nine the year before. This one's 12 to seven. We had two really good games with, with Lawrenceville. Um we came down to the end, had run the ball down their down their throats, and had a chance to to score and win that game. And and we we talked about this one on the podcast too. And and it's it was a a play that Coach Evans regretted. He said it in the paper afterwards. We called a play to to try to surprise them after running it down the field, and and we tried to throw and and 
Clifford just he didn't he you know his instructions were to get rid of it if he if it wasn't wide open and and tried to thread the needle just a little too much and threw an interception and that kind of kind of ended that one but um had a good game um he threw for he was 3 of 11 for 31 yards and a touchdown so he comes into the season trying to replace 880 yards passing that wasn't going to happen but this was a season that wasn't necessarily for the 86 season what this did was set up the future and and it it, it did really well and and i can tell you from from being in those huddles he gained confidence he got better throughout the year and and it was a hundred percent the right decision coach evans made in in putting him in there and and letting him gain that experience because i guarantee you when he came back the next year that that dave's going to cover um, he was ready to, to be the quarterback of the Red Hill Salukis with uh, all that experience underneath his, his belt. Do we need a break or we can go straight to 87? Go to 87. Straight... What are you doing? Yeah. Well, let's go to 87. Um, obviously. Oh, you got it. I'm the... sorry. I thought Dave had this one. Dave's got 88. He got, <laughs> he's got the good year. He was on the sidelines. <laughs> because while, uh, you know, everything that was said, I think it, everything of the writing was on the wall was going to be another probably rough year, knowing that the 88 year was going to be a really spectacular year, spectacular year. The headline, of course, Red Hill about every year, offensive line is major question mark for the Red Hill Salukis. And I think when you go back through these years, when you start looking at skill players, we had the skill players almost you always, you always have some top athletes. It's getting those five guys to gel and be able to do a good job. We lost Neil Heath. We lost Chris Sager. We lost Kevin Tucker off of that year. Of course, we mentioned the guys lost Shannon Brino. It mentions we lost Bob Bowser, Bob Maddle. It says lineman Doug Bosley. Was that is that accurate? Was the, Doug Bosley a lineman? Do you remember that? I think he probably uh, – it's very, very possible that they moved in there. He was a wrestler. He was strong. He yeah. was quick. I mean, I would say, yeah, I, I would say at that I time – I mean, we not that trying, the 140 uh, or 50-pound lineman was out of the question. No. Right? We had a lot of those. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tucker was normal. a really good lineman in, at that weight, yeah. So, of course, coming back this year, you got Clifford again, you know, so now it's going to be a second second full year. Um Jerome Thacker's back. Of course, Ambrose has got a uh, got a full year of starting under his belt as just a junior. One of the big moves you mentioned, Shane Pimbleton caught a pass. Shane Pimbleton's now moved to the offensive line. Coach Evans says he, everything. Everybody knows that he's tough. We may surprise some people when he shows up at guard. So that was a big move to put uh, Shane on the line. Of course, he was an All Conference uh, linebacker. He's going to be joined by Tom Tools. Going to be coming uh, offensive. Offensive lineman uh, Jim Worth. You got Shane Fulton and J.C. Brookhart are going to shuttle plays in at guard. You got J.J. Gentry. Uh, you got Daryl Huddleston. So you got some guys put together. And of course, you have your tight end Lance Smith is going to be coming into his own uh, this this year as well. So and Gary, I know they had high expectations. I don't know if that's in your preseason article, but I remember being at the pep rally before the Fairfield game, and Jerome got up and talked to the pep rally, and he was thinking playoffs. Six well, wins, let's get to the playoffs. I was a skeptic. I mean, I was coming off 0-14 the NEC the last two years. Uh-huh. I wasn't buying it. I was like, well, Red Hill in the playoffs? But, yeah, they had, they're had they thinking big right now. The the you, you got a good group of juniors here, so there's a lot of reason to be excited. Coach Evans said uh, York displayed a lot of moxie for a rookie at the position last year. 
and Evans looks to York to be a team leader. I want him to be loose and confident, and I think he's ready for that. Um, got a good arm, of course. Again, he can throw the ball. Clifford could run the ball too, run some options and different things like that. So, you know, uh, the everything's starting to come together. Week one, Fairfield, we're going to get that conference win. We're going to beat them 28-19. to 19. So yes. we're getting off on the right foot with the conference win. It's been the first conference win in a bit, right? Uh, yeah, it's the first one since we beat Lawrenceville in the 83 season. And I'm sure, I mean, I, I took Gary to this game. Gary and I talk about this night a lot in Fairfield. Yes, but, I believe um, it was probably – the first game was either late August or early September back in these days. We started a little bit later. It was probably 85 degrees, and uh, Chip and I felt like that we're going to wear our matching Levi's denim jackets to the <laughs> game this evening. Levi, we got, I, I know I got mine at Lazarus. Gary may have got his at Lazarus, too. But yeah, I'm not we sure. I know. so excited to break out those denim jackets. and I, I, I think we walked to the car at halftime and got them maybe. I don't know if we wore them in the first half, but uh, yeah, but it was definitely still at 80s at halftime. So. Yeah, yeah. So I anyway, we see that a lot with people at football. They're at a football game. They feel like it's time to break out the hoodie or whatever. Yeah. It's fall. I mean, it's football. <laughs> Burning up. This is, this is a night Gary and I talk about a lot. And so I'm sure after they're getting that NEC win, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe we do. Maybe this is a playoff team. Ambrose had a great game. There was really no need to pass that much. We're just, uh, Cliff just went two of five, threw a pick for 20 yards, but it wasn't needed. We the the run game with Jerome and and Mark was was really going going well. No, not much need to pass. Feeling good. Jerome Thacker speaking at that pep rally had a good reason to be excited to get that win. But then the buzzsaw starts. It goes. 36 nothing to Salem, lost 55-16, lost 27 to nothing. Played Marshall back then, lost lost to Marshall 14 to 7. So, reeled off and then lost to Alney too, but what what's look happening here? Clifford again is coming into his own. So in those games, I mean, he had a Salem Mount Carmel back-to-back 10 completions, over 50% completions, threw for 106 yards in the in the Salem game. Uh, Jerome had three catches for 37. Ambrose had three catches uh, for 36. And Lance had three catches uh, for 30 yards. So, I mean, it, it spread the ball around. So, you, you had to feel pretty good. And he was 10 of 13 against Mount Carmel for just 62 yards. But, you know, we're throwing the ball. Uh, Carmel was really good that year. He had a, had a down game there, 3 of 12. But comes back against Marshall, which was the 14 to 7 loss. Lance catches three three for 41. Uh, Cliff was eight of fourteen for sixty-eight yards. So again, in okay. high school, when you're when you're over fifty percent in, in high school football, that's uh, that's always pretty good. The Alney game, Chip. What do you say in the Alney game? Uh, we we play them tough. Doesn't matter well, how bad we're doing or how good they're doing. Well, I don't know. Twenty-six nothing. I don't know how you would define that. You know, we're in it. Yeah, it's, it's not so bad. A uh, little Thank bit of a rough goodness. game. James Perrin had one catch for 20 yards in that game, though. So good. Former good, quarterback nice for James. James Perrin, as we found yes. out <laughs> two years ago. So we move into week seven, struggling so far, just one win on the season. Uh, but we got a big win against four, 23 to 14. Hey. Excellent, excellent game for Clifford. Eight of 14 for 91 yards, two touchdowns to Lance Smith. So a great, great game there. Again, one of those to. Uh, you know, a good confidence builder as you progress through the season, and then you get Oblong and you get Happy Harris, and they beat us eighteen to seven. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. uh, three of three of eleven for thirty six yards uh, in that one, and then the big rivalry game. We come into Lawrenceville and unfortunately lost that one twenty three to fourteen. Bit of a rough game, two of ten for thirty three yards. Finish the season just a two and seven. 
but all the building blocks are there and you can tell by who's coming back. There's a lot of guys. Now you lose Pimbleton, right? I mean, you're obviously losing Pimbleton. I think you, uh, Tom, yeah. Tool, you're losing some guys. Jerome, that, you know, Jerome, Jerome. Yeah. You, you're, you're losing, but you're also got who's coming up. Yeah. Brandon Smith. I mean, th- th- uh, these yeah. guys are starting to come in there. But on the year, yes. Clipper 50 for 109 for 514 yards. Very serviceable year and only a two win uh, and just a two win season. But I think everyone is very excited. Go ahead, Chip. Well, well, sorry to interrupt, but what I like about those two wins is they were two NEC wins. Now, yes. I would have liked Alblog and Marshall. That hurts losing those two games, yeah. those non conference games. But two NEC wins that means a lot going in next season. If you can yeah. turn those two non conference losses into wins. When, now you're at four, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got four in the bank next year yeah. with all yeah. these guys coming in. You can yeah. get six next year. Yep. Very, very possible. Um, so again, excitement's up. Going to have a, a, another year. These guys playing together. A lot of these guys wrestling. A lot of these guys playing basketball. This team's coming together. We're going to have a lot of excitement coming into this 1988 season. <laughs> all <laughs> right, David King, out. take us to 1988. <laughs> Now I've covered this season in detail before, so I'm not yes. going to get into I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about individual games and whatnot. Uh, I like as, it. as we've uh, you know as they've covered in the last two years, this will be Clifford's third year as starting quarterback. We've got seniors all over the place, you know. On that the, always on, helps. We've yeah. got a we've got a very good offensive line. We've got a great defensive line. We've got good linebackers. We've got good secondary. As know, as Barreve of uh, Coach Mark Holt told me one time, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes. Exactly. Exactly. And uh and there's no doubt who the offense was going to run through this year. Uh Mark Ambrose, his senior year, big things are expected. But you've got a senior quarterback, a three-year starter, um, leading the team, and this, and Clifford was, Clifford was the perfect guy to lead this team. To be honest with you, I yeah. mean, you know, we didn't have a big off, you know, we didn't have a big passing attack, but, you know, Clifford was the guy that ran the offense, and you know, whether it whether it was handing it off, passing it, whatever he needed to do, it was it, this was his team, you know, just a, just as much as anybody's, yeah. Um, I'm going to start off kind of backwards, but he finished the season 50 for 100, 798 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions. Okay. Um, five interceptions sounds a bit high, especially related to the touchdowns, but you throw out the Mount Carmel game where probably, probably the worst game he had in his career, maybe two of 13, 38 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. You throw that out, um, and that and that season looks pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Well, I would almost get. I'm not sure where yeah. where height lined up, but I almost bet this is the first year that it wasn't lopsided, more interceptions because I know all the ones I looked at yeah. were more interceptions than touchdowns. So this may right. be the first in a while, in a while for that. And you know, you when you got Ambrose, guess what? That sets up every time. You got a thousand yard rusher. The play action pass is always yeah. going to be there, and that's why that was going to thriving that year. Yeah. And um, Clifford also uh, threw in 286 yards rushing. Um, of course, got a fat, he got a factor quarterback sacks into that number, but yeah. still very impressive, positive, you know, positive yards rushing and three rushing touchdowns as well. Yeah. So, but uh, basically looking through the season, I mean, the Casey game to start off the year, this is the first year we're playing Casey. 
um, to start the season. Um, it started off well for us that year. Didn't go so well for us. Yeah. Right. But uh, <laughs> um, he started off, you know, he started off the season with Casey, four of six, 27 yards and a touchdown to Stacey Moore. Um, he also rushed 11 times for 72 yards and two touchdowns. So a huge, nice. so a huge, you know, a victory. I think we went 26 to seven um, to start off the season, which was huge. Yeah. Um, he follows that up. You know, we follow that up with a big win against Salem. Um, at home, he was 10 of 17 for 122 yards in that game. That the Mount Carmel game, that was that didn't count. Yeah, for say Saturday <laughs> afternoon, snake pit, 98 degrees, I'm sure. And just, you know, that was just a throw that game, throw that game out. But well, if we can throw that out, I now go four and 12 in my career. <laughs> 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 but then other game, other games throughout the season where he did. Where he did, you know, there wasn't much passing because he didn't need to because Mark Ambrose was going was running crazy. Fairfield game, you know, they won forty to thirteen. You know, Ambrose had over two hundred yards rushing. Um, Cliff was only one of three for nineteen yards, but you know, again, he didn't need to throw it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the biggest, the biggest game of that year, in my opinion, the best game of that year was the only game at home. Yeah. Um, not only did we play him tough. Yes. Uh, we knocked them. We knocked them off in one of the best regular season games I that I saw in my high school career. Um, you know, you know, from the sidelines or or playing. Um, knocked off only thirty one to twenty six. Cliff was nine for fourteen for one hundred and forty three yards and a touchdown to Lance. Um, and that you know, just a just a fantastic game. Came down, came down really to. Oh, well, it came down to the last play, but it was it was the last drive anyway. Yeah. I mean, the game was the game was in question to the very end. Um, the oblong game was rough, but you know, and I we talked I talked about this when we covered this a couple years ago. Uh, we were tied with the oblong fourteen to fourteen at halftime. The maddest I've ever that I ever saw Evans mm. in my time in high school. <laughs> <laughs> at halftime in that game, and we came out, we came out and just throttled them in the second half. And Cliff was zero with five, had an interception, um, but he he did rush the ball six times for one hundred and ten yards as well. And then and then he finishes he finishes up his regular season career against Lawrenceville. Uh, Gary posted the picture of this uh, with just this morning. I yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, career day for him. Uh, maybe one of the best. Maybe one of the best performances ever, Red Hill for a quarterback. It'd be it's uh, tough to beat. These numbers are really tough to beat. We drove we drubbed Lawrenceville at Lawrenceville, thirty-eight to nothing the end of the season. Uh yes. it finished eight and one in the regular season. I mean, we're head we're head not only are we heading to the playoffs, we've got a we've got a home playoff game coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh Cliff uh Cliff goes crazy in that game, goes ten of twelve, two hundred and sixty one yards wow. and four touchdowns. What a game! Uh, and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, yeah, and one to one to Lance, uh, two to Stacy, and one to Mark Ambrose. Jeez, so, his buddies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what a senior yeah. class! Yeah, yes. absolutely. And again, that's guys that have guys that have played for three years, and you know, everything was kind of building up to that season. I mean, you had a. You had the line, the line again, offensive and defensive line. That's where that's where games are won. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can have all the skilled players in the world, but you know, if, if those guys would have had the offensive line that I had, you know, that 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 I uh, played on, 
that I had a couple, a couple, <laughs> years, a couple years later, you know, that they, they don't, they don't have that success. And then, you know, that's where it started. And I mean, it just, and then obviously we had to skill players to, you know, to make, you know, to make something of it. Yeah. And lineman JJ Gentry, I saw him in today, this 38, yes. nothing was his favorite game he ever yeah. played in. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. And then of course our play, you know, the, the two playoff games, uh, the, the, uh, the home game with, uh, Casey, which, I did not look up the stats for that because knowing it was zero to zero at the end of regulation, I didn't figure there was, I didn't figure there was, you know, a bunch of stats to, to write home about. He, I can tell you Cliff was six to 10 for 49 yards in that game, you know, okay. and, and he had a yeah. 10 yard touchdown run in overtime and had yeah. a two point conversion. Yeah. So in the game ended Great up what, season. 22 to 21 with that or 21 to 20, 22, 21, 21. Yeah. 21. and yeah. a triple overtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They, Stacy with the uh, stops the two point conversion try by Casey at the right at the goal line. Great, uh, great moment in Red Hill history yes, there for but, sure. Uh, yeah, but the the Carlisle game obviously finished the season. Um, you know they they knocked us pretty good on one of the coldest uh, <laughs> on one of the coldest days ever, probably for a high school football game. But um, Carlisle was ranked number one in the state, went on to win the state. Um, and we, you know, we played him, we played him pretty tough, all, you know, considering that, you know, what a talented team that was. So. Yeah. People from Carlisle will tell you today that that was their toughest game yeah. in, in their stretch, their six game run to the state title. That was the most, yeah. or five game run to the state title. That was their most difficult game. 28, 28 to nothing was the final there, but again, nothing to, nothing to hang our heads about. Fantastic season, you know. And you know, Cliff led the way. Three years, three years starter at quarterback. He, mm. he, he was the leader of that team. Yeah, you don't see a lot of three-year starters. No, no. You, don't. you don't. Gary, we, Gary you, you would have been a three-year starter, right? <laughs> Gary, nah, kinda. I don't. I mean, I didn't start my freshman year two games, so I got real fat between my freshman and sophomore year. So I, didn't, I, I wasn't quarterback until towards the end of the year, my sophomore year. Oh, okay. I was thinking you did. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that, you know, after, you know, after, of course, you know, we've covered this before and I'm sure we'll cover it. We'll cover some individual school years closer to this in the future. But, you know, we, we grad everyone, so many graduations from that team, you know, it'd been great if we could have kept the momentum going, but when you're, you know, gosh, three quarters of your team. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's only <laughs> two hard. juniors on the entire, not just yeah. two junior letterers, only two juniors on the entire roster, which is crazy. That right. yeah. was all seniors and sophomores. Really? And wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse met Jesse Metall and Shane Brown were the two juniors that you know had significant playing time that year. Um, and then and they were the only one. There was none that didn't get significant playing time. Like that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. And then Bubba Bubba Baker. Um, Bubba Baker would have got some play. It would have got significant playing time yeah. on the defensive line. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Tidwell would have been more special teams. Uh, maybe, maybe some backup, maybe some carries, you know, and kind of garbage time, you know, from a running back's perspective, but just not much experience coming. And then of course, Brandon know, was back, the best so. sophomore, but he, he sure. elected yeah. not to go out that right. following season, which we'll get to that right. quarterback season sure. next year. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh that finishes up for me, but. Great we season, great it. great memories. Yeah, kind of, hard to, kind of hard to believe that that was thirty five years ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like that is. I'd like to know how many times a week I say when one of us texts or says something. Do you know that was thirty some? And why? 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 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 Or, say that a lot. That's stupid. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I don't know. Well, welcome to the uh, – thank you for tuning in to the Clifford York podcast. We appreciate you <laughs> listening. Um, let's wrap things up. Sean Grismer, Height Baldwin, Clifford York. Gary, you're a quarterback. Sum us up on tonight's quarterback reports. Well, I mean, I think it's uh... – Sean, obviously, extraordinary talent, had a really, really tough year. Then you got the the crazy and the, the extraordinary story with Hype Baldwin and everything that he was and then makes that decision to leave. But that opened the door, gives Clifford that extra year that got us into a, a great uh, season uh, and, and finished it off and had a great season. He's one of the all-time, all-time best Red yeah, Hillians for I sure. Never really, till you just phrased it like that. I honestly never really thought of it like that. But height moving on to better mm-hmm. football pastures really had a lot to do with yeah. us finding our good football pastures. Great later. point. Yeah, it all kind of worked out the best for everyone. I mean, Clifford would have been the quarterback. I mean, he was going to be. But you get that extra year. You get a few lumps knocked on your head, and you grow up a lot in that, from that sophomore to junior year. You know, so it was yeah. – it, it, You it talked about well. a pass one time where he tried to thread the needle but didn't quite get it through or something like that. But those are things – he learned those things as sophomore year. Okay, right. I don't make that pass next time where he's not learning those things as a junior. So, yeah, it worked out great. Yeah, it did. Well, you know what else works out great? When you go visit one of our sponsors, People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and Griffin's Pizza House. you got a, what, uh, by the time I'll get this uploaded on the 24th, so you still got a week to go get one of those taco pizzas at the Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. And did I see where someone ate that the challenge like in 11 minutes yeah. or something? Yeah, 11? <laughs> I saw that. I never talked to you guys about no. that. Uh, I, oh, I, I, I still no. I still say we can take that thing down. It, it I think was four but, people this time. But I don't but, know if we could. I don't know if we could do it in 11 minutes. No, well, I mean, we're gonna need the full hour. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean we got to do it in 10 now, and that ain't happening. <laughs> so if you can't do it in 10, what's the point? Right. I can maybe get the pizza, but uh, not the cola. Not yeah. the cola. No. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode after we kick it around what we're going to do. But what we got homework for you is hit the subscribe button, and that helps us on our search engines and everything else. And if you think it's warranted, give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. We write and direct and produce every single episode. Chip Jamerson, David King, Gary Emmons, I'm Brian Emmons, and we are Red Hill. Let's go wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she just strapped that. I'll try. I'll try to bring it back at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry for all the editing you have to do, Brian. It's worth coming it. through clear though. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> There's nothing funny about it. <laughs> I wasn't even, I turned away from the computer, but I could like see like people moving out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, they're laughing about this. <laughs> I like everything you just say display. <laughs> I took it straight from the Daily Record. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Oh, let me calm down. Give me, give me 20 seconds here. Okay. So, that was... That was a big story during that time. Sorry. <laughs> we need to do that part over. <laughs> I don't want to laugh. You guys are laughing. I'm... <laughs>
Just, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably better do that again. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll go into some other stuff and come back to the. So, back, you'll back me up to John Lennon, okay? All right. All right.